Welcome everyone to Audiobooks from Hell, and uh, I am Shonda Rager, and uh, we're just going to jump right into this thing, because, uh, I don't know, why not? Matt Serfine is joining me on on uh, the podcast slash videocast now. Vidcast? YouTube vidcast, sounds, vidcast, vidcast uh, sounds really good. <laughs> sounds really techy. It also yeah. sounds kind of like uh, like full moon, like so. I kind of like that. I don't know. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely has uh, has that vibe. Um, I may be a little extra nervous now because I'm videotaping myself, and uh, I'm not used to doing that. And uh, so, you know, I'll do my best to get through this. We're, we'll get through this together. You seem really calm and collected, Matt. Well, do you, I mean, do you just look over the top of your laptop? Like that's that's what they they say about public speaking. You know, you just oh. look right over their heads, and and now it's since nobody's allowed to to be together, you just kind of look right at the you look right over your laptop. And well, the thing is, like, we should be used to this by now, but I, oh, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not. <laughs> well, I can't. You know, I'm trying to help you, Sean. Jesus, I, I appreciate it. Appreciate the uh, the cores there. Good yes, job. Course, Good job. banquet. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> little little uh, Johnny I, Lawrence, little little Cobra Kai. Uh, yeah. Yes. I wonder if they sold more because of uh, because of Cobra Kai. Do you think that their sales are up? If you had told me that I would be going into the stores looking for cores, ironically. Um, yeah, unironically. Before <laughs> I started watching Cobra Kai, I would have told you you were nuts. So I I suspect. I mean, I it, I started watching Cobra Kai recently, and yeah. uh, a couple of my friends had watched it and we all kind of were like chatting about it. And I was like, anyone ever had Coors Banquet? And, <laughs> and all three of us, we were like texting each other in the liquor stores last weekend being like, got it here, got it here, got it here. So I've just, and, and, uh, Brian Collins, my, my, my buddy, uh, that a lot of people that will listen to this probably uh-huh. know, um, had the same thing. He's like, I, you know, I'm 40 and I've never actually, the product placement has never worked on me before. And I went out and got, <laughs> he, he's on like his sixth case. Amazing, amazing. I didn't mean to out you as an alcoholic, Brian. You, you like your, your your second case, your second case. Yeah, I yeah, um, yeah. Brian's a great, 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 uh, great guy. See, I can't. Yeah, talk he's a great guy. Great, yeah, great, he's great, a great, great guy. <laughs> so yeah, so we actually kind of bumped into each other before I think I even knew you were an author. Uh, we were yeah. just we're just uh, crazy guys who collect physical media and talk about movies and obsess about shitty B movies, horror movies, specifically, I think horror. Um, but you know, there's, there's a lot of great stuff in that there's in the B movie, you know, B and C and even D grade. There's a lot of great schlock out there, horror, science fiction, everything. It has a little bit of everything. What's uh what's your experience? What drew you into that? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, going back to how we started with when I mentioned full moon, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) <laughs> I think Full Moon was probably Charles Band. I think was probably pretty close to the beginning uh, for me because he's just you know like I, that stuff. Like the first Puppet Master came out, I think when I was ten. So like it, it was just kind of that. Like I, I kind of had that interest um, from watching stuff on cable. Uh, you know, I'd seen a couple of the Halloween sequels. My dad was very very liberal when it came to like what he he would show me as like a eight nine year old yeah and it like one day like we watched like halloween 2 on like on edited on like you know and and and, uh you know one of like the shocktober you know whatever it is like the i'm rambling but uh but and i was like well this is i'm like this is this is really interesting and i was asking questions because you know how halloween 2 is it starts (laughs) like you'd seen the first one oh yeah and my my dad, you know, I was like nine. My dad's like, we'll go, we'll go rent it this weekend. And I was like, what? Okay. So like, I mean, he like rent, he thought nothing of like taking me to the video store, renting Halloween and just sitting there and watching it with me, at, you know, at a very, very young age. So I kind of had the taste for it. And, you know, and then like you see that kind of like that, that stuff that's R rated, like, like the stuff that Charles Band produces, yeah. that stuff that's R rated, but it also speaks very clearly to, <laughs> children you know whatever whatever the reason i don't know but um so like you know i'd watch like puppet master and and stuff like that it really like codified sort of my my interest in all that sort of stuff and once you once you start down that rabbit hole as as you you well know like you you don't really you don't really ever come back from it no you You almost it makes it worse and then you're in your 40s and you're like searching out stuff that you missed you know and uh, all these great labels like uh vinegar syndrome uh, specifically, but then, you know, 
then you go, you have the Coda Reds, you have Synapse, you have um, Scorpion. (laughs) It's like, give me, give me just the trashiest, craziest, most obscure thing. Oh, but that movie's bad. Yeah. Yes, give it to me. <laughs> I want it. You think that it's means bad. nothing to me. It's probably a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> you know, I, I have friends that that will say, like, you know, if, if a certain movie gets announced, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm gonna get that, and they'll go, you know, it wasn't that good, and I'm like, that that's meaningless. <laughs> it's like that 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 doesn't mean a goddamn thing to me. Yes. Um. So yeah, I, I'm with you. How did uh, how did you get started? Thing is, I think you know you mentioned Puppet Master, and I think that's kind of a gateway drug for a lot of us um, at, at, at the age that we we are at now, or um, and like maybe even Child's Play. I I know that yeah, yep. I know that when I was younger, so I was raised in a very hardcore Christian family. Love you, mom and dad. Not <laughs> probably watch this, um, but you know my my upbringing was very strict, so. Uh, when, when it came to like horror and things like that, you know, it was like, well, that's just, that's a gateway to the, to the devil. Uh, so I had this, you know, extra level of like fear when it came to horror and that almost, um, made my desire grow because we would go to the, to the, you know, to the movie or to like the local video store and be browsing for like what we'd want to watch and. Um, I'd always end up in the horror section and I knew that I wasn't allowed to watch any of them. And I would look at the VHS boxes, read the, the synopsis of it, look at the pictures. Cause with that grade level of horror, like they don't care what's on the picture. They don't, they weren't censoring nothing. It's like yeah. blood, blood, gore, everything on, on, you know, in little pictures. So I'd look at those and read it and kind of in my mind, what's this about and see the beautiful kind of, you know, kind of Drew Struzan ish, uh, covers on those VHS boxes and just to like by my, you know, what I imagined was probably worse than what was in those movies. I remember, you know, evil dead was supposed to be, or evil dead two, maybe, you know, they're supposed to be the scariest movies or the most gory movies. By the time I watched them, they were not anything near what I'd imagined that I was like, Oh, this is that isn't that bad. And then I started kind of devouring more and more, um, horror. So puppet master was always on, some, you know, one of those movie channels, HBO or whatever. Um, and I would, so when I was able to kind of start sneaking those movies, I would, and I would kind of get away with it with like science fiction. Cause like alien and aliens are science fiction, but I mean, come on, they're horror. Like but they're horror especially movies. it's, yeah, it's yeah. a horror. It's a slasher flick with an, with an alien, um, yeah. movies, movies like deep star six. I got my parents to rent one, like on new year's, when that came I, out, I just like rewatched that, and and I remember watching that with my dad when it first came out, and and I was cracking up watching it again because I just remember <laughs> my dad who would sit on the couch and he would he he would do a thing where he he would pretend he didn't want to watch all these movies, but he was doing it for <laughs> me, and but he loved it. He 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 because he, he'd always be like, we'd be in the in the store, and I'd be looking at one movie, and you could tell there would be another one that he was more interested in. Why don't you get that one? <laughs> I get that one. So, you know, but then I remember watching Deep Star Six and he was just like, Jesus, nothing's happening in this thing. <laughs> and when I watched it again, I was like, yeah, it's a little slower than I than I remember. Um, it's still a lot to appreciate, though. Oh, I mean, I mean at that time, man, I was uh, it was that year Leviathan came out. It was the same year, right? Leviathan, The Abyss and then yep. Deep Star Six. So they're all being you know, on the posters and the deep star six poster was just incredible. And then the yeah, moment fair, that yeah. when that moment happens, when it comes and bites the guy, I mean, come on, that's some good, that's some good shit. I'm, oh, I'm a yeah. huge, I'm a huge deep stars, deep star six fan. Um, but I'll watch so, anything underwater. <clears throat> did you, was there resistance like from your parents? Like, did, or did they finally kind of acquiesce and say, okay, you can rent, you can rent, you can rent some of these. Like not, what, how, w- not with the family. So like, really no like my mom still is like oh, like I, I narrated um kill for satan by brian smith you know uh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like sorry mom you know um but it's i mean she it's, doesn't it's have to fine. listen to that one she doesn't have to listen to it um but you no know, i i think i finally started kind of i learned how to how to copy vhs tapes um i learned how to record off the tv so i would kind of you know kind of do that stuff to kind of yeah, you know, or watch at a friend's house. I had a friend who uh, introduced me to like the Lost Boys and 
Um, I had friends that I knew I can go and watch R-rated movies with. Okay. Um, so that's that's how you so got. Kind of grew into like as I got into high school, I was like, well, mom and dad can't really get on my case for watching this. I'm you know 15, 16, and I would ride my so I'd ride my bike and had a lot of free time in the summertime, and so I'd ride my bike. But I didn't. But I'm kind of a horror late bloomer, so I saw some of the <clears throat> like Puppet Master and stuff, and and but I didn't really start devouring horror until I got until I was maybe a junior in high school, um, and then I kind of met and. Uh, met some of the other horror kids and in, in my art class. And um, I remember I, I went, drove down to like Des Moines to visit a girl and we watched Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, I watched it for the first time and oh, um, nice. like literally I watched, I watched the movie. There was no hanky panky. Like, yeah. 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 You were like, hey, get like, away, get away. I'm yeah, watch. watching. Um, <clears throat> so we, so I kind of started devouring and then I was like, well, what, what did I miss? So I kind of made up for lost time in many ways. But um, but I've always loved, I mean, but I was always able to watch kind of like Gremlins. So there's yeah. always movies with horror elements to it that I was always devouring. Um, so it's just it's just you know one of those things that uh yeah we we grew up in that time where where you know that like you say Gremlins, but they, I mean there was so much horror like adjacent yeah. stuff that you 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 really couldn't help but get into it in in some way mm-hmm. because if it wasn't Gremlins, then it was just you know, disturbing stuff in Superman three, or it was (laughs) Indiana Jones and the temple of doom. Like there was just always ghostbusters. Like there was just always that, that, that kind of fantastical stuff that, that would just kind of pull you into it, whether you kind of wanted to go or not. Well, I mean, Um, and, and I watched, well, speaking of legend legend. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually never saw legend until it came out on Blu-ray. That was the first time I I saw it and missed that. I watched that at a friend's house and, and I wasn't, I don't think it was ever discussed, but I knew I saw the the cover and I was like, "Oh, my parents aren't they're not going to let me watch that. There's no way. It's a huge demon on the giant front. Satan." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then so I watched it on VHS at a friend's house and absolutely just love that film. I mean, it's goofy as hell, but I but the just man, Tim Curry as the as as the dark, you know, or holy shit, that that makeup, that prosthetic, the oh, the huge horns. Um, amazing. I loved it. I loved watching it when I, when I finally get around to it. And, and I think it, it is goofy, but I think when you have like a Ridley Scott doing it and Ridley Scott takes it, he takes it completely seriously (laughs) and he, he completely said, I mean, he sells the movie. Like it's not like a, it's not like a movie that, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't laugh at it. I think it's great. I think, I think it, I think it's what, I think it's what Ridley Scott wanted to make. Yeah. You know, I mean, and whether people like it or don't, like, I, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. Which, uh, imagine it. Which score do you like better? Well, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a scholar. Um, I watched the, I think I watched the, the director's cut first. So he swapped um, it out. He swapped out the Tangerine Dream soundtrack Goldsmith. with uh, Goldsmith, which they're both, like, they're both great. It's just, uh, it's, it's funny that Tangerine, because I think Tangerine Dream was what the studio wanted. He wanted Jerry Goldsmith more of a classical score, but the studio wanted more like um, Lady Hawk type synths. Yeah, the heroic <laughs> adventure type yeah, of. Yeah. I, I, I like the Tangerine Dream score though better mm-hmm. because, all due respect to to Mr. Goldsmith, who I I, mean, you I, can't, I mean that's that's like a toss up between those two. It's like mm. it's it's t- I mean I, if you put a Tangerine Dream score in your movie, like I'm um on board. You know what I mean? So yeah. like it, it's a tough question for me because I, my preference is probably almost always going to be Tangerine dream, um, for it, for anything. So I just listened to Tangerine dream a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot. So like I, <laughs> I, I, I went back after I'd watched the director's cut, uh, like, like a week or two later. And I watched the, the, it was like 89 minute U S version or whatever. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I liked, I liked it because it's, there's still so much in there. And then I like the, obviously I like the Tangerine dream score, but I think I, in my opinion, the, for the, the movie narratively, I yeah. mean, I think the director's cut is, is probably the way to go. Awesome. Awesome. I think, I think they're both. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can go wrong with the other one. I think it's preference on, on that sucker. Um, so, oh, let's, I'm going to segue into books here. <laughs> um, so as, so, so the way, one of the ways I got around. Um, the movie thing was I discovered the library and the horror section of the library. Uh, and so of course, so I would, so, and then I would, and, and film novelizations. Mm. So if there was an R rated film out. I would try to find the novelization 
and get and get that and read it. Um, <laughs> That's smart. Yeah, and then then of course I discovered Stephen King and like the rest. As far as you know, me being a, a fan of of novels and authors and stuff like that was it for me. Um, no pun intended. Uh, but I would <laughs> stay up late and you know be reading these thick ass books. You know, and I would have to I would have to like smuggle them into the house. I'd put them in my backpack and make sure because I it was like I was doing. I was reading stuff that was kind of above my age, but it was like, I don't know, the way that Stephen King wrote. And, uh, and then once you kind of, you know, start going down the rabbit hole of a uh, rabbit trail, rabbit hole of, of these authors and the horror authors in the eighties and nineties, it's like, um, there's something about the, the horror novel that I think touched, um, Touch something in me deep in some something. Touch something deep inside. I'm rambling. Um, I know. No, I think that's. I think that. So your mom was, was she still? Would she like give you the? Would she scrutinize every book you brought into the no, house? No, like, no, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. And I think a lot of that was kind of me um, putting restrict, like being like, oh, well, my parents will like they'll never go for this, you know. Yeah. So it, a lot of it was maybe maybe if they saw it, they'd be like, oh, what's this? Okay, whatever. Um, but a lot of it was kind of, I guess imposed by myself or my imagination. Um, right, but then, yeah, so, but there's something about the written word and, and horror because it's such a, cause you're creating basically the film in your head and you're allowed your, your imagination can go wherever. So there's no effects limitations. There's nothing like that. No budget limitations. Um, you can, whatever you can imagine. Um, like I think pet cemetery was like the most, was the most frightening book I'd ever read at that time. Um, and I, I think it's never still, ever tapped into what what the book taps into. It, 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 yeah, and it, it's and it's almost like they can't in a way because it because the book is the book is so internalized that I, I just I mean it, it, what you can what it can tap into what, what I think the the Mary Lambert movie really does a nice job of tapping into is is the sort of like surface the loss and and, every, and everybody can relate to yes. You know how how horrible, how sad that is. But what it, it what it really can't do is 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 the internalize the, the not only the grief that Lewis goes through, but sort of the his internal like. I remember reading that um, before the before the film came out, and so I was I was also really young. And mm-hmm. it, it, there's a lot of like build up to like, is he going to go through with this? How, and, and really him working through even just, just going through with it. And then when it happens, it's a whole other thing. Yeah. But, um, but it's a really, yeah. I mean, that's a great example, I think of, of a movie. I, and I, I really like the, the Mary Lambert film a lot. Um, I'm, I'm probably one of its more ardent defenders over time. <laughs> I find my, always myself kind of sticking up for it. Um, yes, but I, I actually like both of the films, both of the, the attempts, um, mm-hmm. the, the latest one I like, I like just fine. I'll always go back to the, to the eighties version, of course, but, um, but I think they both, they both try to tack, they, they both try, they both really try to kind of tap into that. Um, and when you mentioned like, you know, grief and what grief does and, and how, you know, I don't think the, the movies can't touch on that. They, 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 they can only go so much. And I think that's why, you know, I think that's why the novel is still around, you know, even as people are trying to do, you know, everything's moving online. People are selling off their physical media collections. They're, oh, it's all online. It's all online. It's all online. <laughs> as multimedia, you know, obsessed as we are, you know, there's still something about the book. And even like holding a book in your hand, I think there's still something to be said there. Maybe. You oh, know, I, it's just I not agree. the same. Reading. I I, uh, I went through a Kindle phase. I I, I have. I, I mean, I still have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the nice paper whites. Like that. That that to me is like oh, the only yeah. only one you could paper conceivably white. even read on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but um, but I I have one. But I I just find I, I just find I still I don't when I'm reading when I'm sitting there with a Kindle at night I don't read it for as long. And I, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe it's a mental blocker somewhere. I don't know. But like mm-hmm. when I have a book, um, I don't know. There's there's just more of a – for me, there's just more of a relationship with it. You know, it's it's just holding it, you know, and, and you're realizing like 
and maybe this is the author in me talking, but I mean, like <laughs> I, you're realizing you've got the culmination of, you know, two, three years of somebody's hard work, maybe longer. Um, right. and it just feels, it just feels good. So when you're, when you're kind of, you know, flipping through those pages, I don't know, there's an intimacy there that I personally don't feel on the Kindle. And I, again, I buy a lot of books on my Kindle. I, mm-hmm. and I, you know, like when I'm in a, in the dentist office or something, like I'll pull one up and I yeah. would. So I, I mean, I do read on it. Um, but it's not, it's not the, no, it's not the same for me. Yeah. I, I always, I think I've said this before on the show. I've, I buy all three versions if I can, I'll buy the book. Um, and I'll buy the Kindle version cause it's usually cheaper if you buy one or the other. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which, I can't remember what you have to buy first. You buy something first and then you get like discounted. Yeah, they give uh, you a discount on Kindle. Amazon. You're talking, right? Yeah. On Amazon yeah. discounted mm-hmm. Kindle and then maybe a discounted audiobook, Maybe if you already own it. Um, so I try to buy all three. I guess I didn't realize there was an order because I, I think there might not be, <clears throat> I don't know. Cause I, I definitely have had that happen. And then I've, I, there's been books that I've bought where I've wanted it to happen again and it, and it, and it didn't. And I, I bucks, was like, but... <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know. It's just always, it felt very <laughs> random to me, but I, that's interesting that there may be an order to it. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't, tried to really emulate, <laughs> emulate yeah us. but i i i'm with you i um if it's a if it's a book i really like or if it's a book from an author that is kind of one of my like you know gonna read anything this person yeah. writes um i do i just i like to buy because i because i like sometimes i'll go through it in different i'll read a little bit of it and then if i'm like taking a road trip or something and i want to continue with it i want to mm-hmm. pull it up on my so it, it's it's very much that that type yeah. of thing i wish uh I wish, and I know why they don't, but I wish publishing would, would, would jump on the, the digital copy, like the, like, just like movie. Like I would love, you know, you buy the book, it comes wrapped, you open it up. There's a little download audible code. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, geez, that, that's, uh, I mean, major publishers can do that because they have everything done at the same time. Independent publishers are a little bit different because you use a certain order and timing and and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it is, you, you can drive yourself nuts trying to sync up like uh, the book and the Kindle and then the audio. Oh, I have one book now that we were going to try to maybe <laughs> sync up. And this is for the cyberpunk doing one I'm doing right now called behind blue eyes. Um, she's I'm looking forward bu- to that. She's writing behind blue eyes too. And it's coming out in March. And she was like, can we maybe get them both at the same time? And I'm like, my calendar's full. Like I can't, like yeah. I already, I already yeah. kind of bumped behind blue eyes ahead of a few things just cause she's been marketing it. And I, and I, I have a pretty good feeling that it's going to sell well. So as a business decision, I was like, well, let me kind of move this to the beginning of the year and hopefully it sells well and it can kind of uh, help fund some of the, some of the other projects that I want to do that yeah. I know might not sell well, but I, that at least maybe I can put some money towards hiring an editor instead of doing it myself. <laughs> Yeah, you're um, a real so we'll you're see. a real one for me guy, you know, one for me, one for one for the what makes business sense. Well, that's that's, that's a, eventually, I mean, that's definitely what I'm definitely trying to lean towards, especially since I'm doing this part time. I need to make sure that I got to, you know, something that got, you know, all right, I'm paid for this, like yeah. some romance thing. Yep. Um, and then I'll do like some indie thing. So I'm trying my goal is to try to do one one for me, one for you type thing. Um, but you know, this last, last year with COVID and everything like that, it's just all of our schedules, I feel like have just been, it's all been just trying to hold on. I think. Yeah. Um, Hold on is a great, is a great way to to describe it. It's just still, still working on this stuff, but it's definitely not coming as out as fast as I did before. And I'm still working a day job, have the family it's, I guess it's just being here all the time that I was like the, it was like the wrench that got thrown in, you know, into the engine. It's just like some people I've seen some narrators and some authors have been like, like Stephen King is like, Oh, here's, you know, <clears throat> I don't know, five new books. Here you go. Yeah. Like yeah. there's some people that, you know, and they may have less distractions, um, that can just get really productive in, in a, in a case like this. Um, for me, it's been the opposite just cause I'm, Every time I walk downstairs from the upstairs is where my computer is for the day job. I got, you know, four people just, yep. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. So and they, and they pounce. <clears throat> yeah. It's like when your boss walks out of the office, right? You're everyone in the office is, oh, oh, oh I got to talk to you. 
So yep. that's kind of what happens with yep. me. I can relate. How, how have you, cause you're, you're writing, your writing is a, is a, cause you have a day job as well. Like the writing is. I, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping not for very much longer. <laughs> I did knock on everything. Knock We're all on hoping like that. I'm knock on everything. I, um, I keep doing that, but then, then I look at my pension and I go, so I got to crunch some numbers, but yeah. How, how has, how has this last year been different for your productivity? Did you step it up? Is it just like trying to hold on? What's it's been very strange. Um, <laughs> I, it, it, when it first started and you know, it was like, okay, we're going to work from home for a while. Um, I, I hit the ground running. I cranked out a new novel in about a <laughs> month and a half. Um, and it, and it, and it hasn't come out obviously. I'm, I, it's not done. I, I wrote a, it was like right. my first draft. I did a second draft. Um, I just finished a third draft and, uh, so I, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll do another one before anybody even gets to, gets to yeah. see it. Um, and that went really well. And that was that, that draft was probably like March to maybe May. Um, and it went well. And, and then I think the realization crept in that like, this was, and not, you know, I don't want to mean, I don't mean permanent in terms of like, we're going to be doing yeah, this forever, just extended, but, <laughs> but, but I had a real serious feeling that like it was, we were going to be bunkering down for the, for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And it, it just started to get a lot harder because <laughs> just mentally just realizing yeah. like, cause I mean, I don't even think, I think everybody, I think that's true for everybody. I mean, I think you're just realizing like, you know, every day is the same and it's yeah. groundhog day and, you know, and, and if to a certain extent, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. And, you know, you just start to feel a little claustrophobic. There's not a lot to look forward to in terms of like, you know, you can't take that vacation or, you know, you just, you can't go spend time with your friends at the bar. You can't, you know, there's just a lot of things you, you can't do. Yeah. Um, and so I think it does, I think it does weigh on people and it started to weigh on me. Um, I responded to that by kind of just, I throw myself into work. Like I don't, I try not to get too bogged down in it. So I'll try and channel my energy into, you know, I started a script, I started writing a script and I, I wrote, I wrote a script. I wrote it very, very slowly. Um, but, um, you know, and the hardest part is that there's no real, structure to the day it's right. whatever your kids for me it was like whatever my kids need um and then it's sort of like you're tending to the day job and you know you want to make sure that you know you're you, you know they're trusting you to kind of be you know a good soldier and, yeah. and and do your work while you're at home and and i i don't want i don't want to you know uh betray my my employer's trust that way so exactly. of course you're, you're you're doing that um and then you're also you know, you're, you're exploring your creative endeavors at the, at the same time. And the, the hard thing is, it's just sometimes, you know, you can't, you can't get away from one thing to do the other. So it's just, sometimes you just kind of feel like nothing, nothing got done today or there was no productivity and you're still being productive. You know, like you're, 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 you said you're still, you're not doing it as fast as you, but that doesn't matter. Like you're, you're, you're still, you're still cranking stuff out. You, you did my book, which wasn't an easy book. You did it. It didn't take you that long. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't mean that like it took for me, it felt like it took forever. It was like, Oh my God, I'm only halfway through the book. You know? Well, it's a long book too. I think, um, I don't mean that. I, I don't mean that though to say like you know, geez, you didn't spend any time on it at all. You, you did. You did a great. You did a great job. And anybody who might be thinking about Sean, like one of the best experiences I've ever had in terms of how serious you take the text. Like you, you really wanted to get it right. And oh, yeah. and 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 that is as somebody who, you know. No, I, I, you know, I think I told you privately, and I don't mind even saying it <laughs> publicly now. I had one audiobook I, I had taken down twice, yeah, because it was produced in in both times. I didn't think it could be worse. The, the first time it came out, it was terrible, and um, oh. and it was it was an embarrassment. And it was my first audiobook. I had nothing to do with it. Um, and it was just a, a, it was awful. And then the second one, I, I, I complained. They took it down. They're like, we'll do it again. We'll, we'll make sure you're happy. I never heard from them. And, and they, 
did a second one, it was even worse somehow. <laughs> um, so, uh, the, so that's an exp- that's that's an experience that you can have. Now, I, I will say that any any audio book of mine that you can go on Audible and buy today, I think the narrators have all done great jobs. I'm not the, yeah. none of the none of the books that you can buy today are, are who I'm talking about. <laughs> any, any 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 book that's out there now, I, I am grateful for all the narrators. They've all done me <laughs> done me well. But you were very very particular about getting certain things right, and and really wanted to get my input on that, and and. Um, that was great. I, I I wanted to thank you for that because it was a, a great experience and it speaks a lot to you as a professional um, that you, you know, really were that invested in, in the work to make sure yeah. that it was, you know, done, well, done. right. Yeah. I mean, at, as a narrative, and the book we're talking about is open, is open grave or ocean, open grave, ocean grave. Ocean grave. I kept, I always say like open water, or open ocean water, water ocean sense. grave. Who cares? Um, <laughs> no, I do go by the book. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Ocean Grave, and um, and that came out last summer. Last summer, yeah, yeah, and uh, and it was yeah, that was such a fun book to do because it was it was really challenging in the fact that it was you know you meant you liken it to like a Clive Cussler uh, novel, which is a fantastic. Well, is it Clive Clive Cussler right? Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which he does like a lot of aquatic adventure type things, and um, and a very popular, you know, he's a very popular author in that in that in a genre. You know, I had fun kind of looking over his books when when you mentioned that I did a kind of a deep dive into Clive Cussler, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Yeah, he's um, good. He's a, and, he's a very fun escapist guy. Yeah, and this and and that's what this was was it, it was you know high adventure. Off the coast of Madagascar, and there's also a, you know, giant man-eating fish. <laughs> yep. And the the challenging thing about it for me was like I need to kind of channel all these different like nationalities, uh, voices. I did get my first review on uh, Sean Drager needs to work on his French accent. So I did get that first. Oh, you got that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which which I knew I was going to get that sort of comment, you know. So um, when says Dark Materials going to come out? I don't know. Can you see the doors closed and I'm talking to somebody and, uh, you know, but still, when this, is the, this winter, oh. winter time. Okay. All right. Every, every podcast is in every podcast I've ever done from like the Screamcast all the way. Every podcast, he makes an appearance and I can't edit this hey, they, on video. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's all, it's all good. Let him, let him appear. They're wondering when his dark materials is coming back, uh, to HBO. Cause they're, Oh, um, they're hooked on that series. Sure. And, uh, anyway, um, so the, so the, yeah, the accents and stuff. And I knew doing the, the French, French accent, I'm like, look, this ain't perfect. We're just getting, you're giving this thing a go. And when I had coaching on accents, um, I was told that, you know, you want to give the flavor of the accent. You're not ever going to get it perfect for an audiobook. You need to just get the flavor of the accent. So if they mm-hmm. hear, oh, they're French. Oh, okay, they're French. And my the whole goal was that. I was like, I can't. I was like trying not to do Pepe Le Pew. I was trying not to do the French accent, like the Monty Python, like, hey, 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 mon chéri. You know, I was like, I can't do that, So, which is easy to do, <laughs> which is fun. When you when you told me that you, you know, you had, t- you had gotten the job from Severed, I instantly, in my mind, I just went to some of those, like, the the Malagzi names and I was just like <laughs> I was like God better you than me brother and then so then I re- I researched the Madag- the the Malagasy accent yeah. and it's like this weird blend of like um of like stereotypical like I guess African you know accent with like the French accent with, the, with yeah with, with a little bit of yeah. with like Polynesian. Mm-hmm. So, cause you had, cause I started reading the history of Madagascar and the, and you know, the history of how of that Island and the French occupation of it and how, you know, Polynesian, you know, settlers would, you know, and it's just, I was like, I'm just need to just kind of settle on just a basic kind of stereotypical, not, not, but not over the top kind of. African no, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't think it was. I think oh, it was. But I, I, I like had nights where I was like, I couldn't sleep because I was like, "Oh God, someone's gonna say 
you know, like, oh, here's this white guy trying to do these African, you know, accents. And I was just like, oh my God, you know? And so that the thing is like, I was just like, keep, try to just keep it subtle. Keep, it, yeah. It's the character. Don't do stereotype. And, but man, but, but when you get a challenging book like that to narrate, that's like a learning, you've learned something. And, you know, with every book, every challenging book I've learned, it is you know, something. If I breeze through a book, I don't think I've learned something. And there's a few books that right. are great books and I, I just got them done fast. Um, but I didn't hit a major challenge. So, <clears throat> uh, ocean grave is definitely on the list of like that, that I, I kind of learned a lot doing that one just cause it was so sprawling in the, in the narrative. Yeah. And it, and, it, you know, I have to say, I mean, I, I can, once I'm done with a book, like I'm done, like I, you know, cause it's, it's, it's been edited, it's been yeah. reviewed, it's been, I've, I've, it's gone, I've gone through it 20 times. Like <laughs> I can't, I, I, I can't stand to even think of it again because it's just, you know, it's been such a process that one. And, 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 and again, I'm, I'm lucky with all of my narrators because, um, with the exception of feral, which is just that one, like everything I just said about not being able to go back to all my books, it's compounded with feral just because that was my first novel. And, and so when I look back at any of my books, like all I see are the things that should be done differently. Like, all, like that's oh, true. Yeah. I think most, you, you yeah. know what I mean? But um, every book I, still, I narrate, I'm, I'm like, Oh, I fucked that up. You know? <laughs> right. And, and it's the, and I, you know, I, I don't want to dissuade anybody. I'm still proud of, of, yeah. of my books. Like yeah. I, I like them and I don't, <laughs> I, I think that like, I think they're all worth reading. All right. I'm not saying that, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying that like, I, I couldn't do that with Farrell, but every other book, um, I, I actually did listen to the narrator narrate them all the way through because I, I, again, I've been very lucky with narrators. Um, but I found that, yeah, I didn't find anything that you had done to be, you know, I, the French accent. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly how I would have done it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's cause it's, it's not, it's not obtrusive and it, right. and it's not, it's not, you know, um, a caricature. Yeah. And, and, and that's, unless you're happen to be a, a, you know, a native French speaker, like that's how well, it should be. This was, uh, I think the, the review was on the, the UK audible site. So <laughs> it may. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and then in that case, I can't, I can't begrudge them, but what do you want? What do you want? Hey, come uh, on. I'm doing my best here. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm proud of it. And I, and I think you did a phenomenal job. So thank you. The, you're welcome. You're welcome. The, the thing that I was most surprised about with open water was, because I, you know, I read. Open, are we talking about open water open or ocean water. grave? See, I do it all the time. I do it all the time. Ocean grave. I, I liked open water. It, yeah, I always, whenever I put a put something on social media, I always have to go back and double check. Did I write ocean grave or open <laughs> open water? Because <laughs> um, I've I've read uh, Feral and Devil's Row. Uh, actually, listen to the audiobooks of those because Matt oh, Godfrey cool. Matt Godfrey did Feral. Um, mm -hmm. and then, um, and he did a great job. It's, it's, uh, the onus was just on me that I, I can't oh. listen to. It. It's my, yeah. it's my, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. he did it. I was lucky to get him. He did a phenomenal job. And then I'm having a brain, brain blank on the narrator, um, who did devil's row. Cause I don't oh, want to, uh, uh, I don't want to spoil uh, her pseudonym. I know who, her, I know her real name. I'm like, What's yeah, yeah. Ramona master, Ramona master. Yep. Yes. Yep. And, and um, she's, uh, I, I loved like that one. That was one that again, like ocean grave accents, lots of different accents. Um, yeah. and I had, I didn't even, I didn't even preface when I, when I hired her, I didn't even preface to say like, Oh yeah, one guy's a Brit, uh, you know, like, <laughs> or, you know, and, 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 you know, well, actually there's, there's two Brits. Um, and you know, I didn't go through any of that. And so like, I just had, I remember one night I had this, I like I woke up almost in a cold sweat going, Oh my God, like what if she's not okay with that? And I like, <laughs> I like ran downstairs and like pulled up audible and uh, ACX and was emailing uh -huh. her. And she wrote back and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm already working on it. I'm more than comfortable doing that. And I yeah. was like, Oh, uh, and I yeah. thought she did a phenomenal job. She's awesome. She's awesome. Um, and then Joe Heppel's done. He did, uh, he did, um, the one about the cannibals, right? Um, Oh, the, I, I have not worked with Joe. No, um, wait, no, I'm thinking, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, <laughs> Adam, Adam Caesar. Yeah. It's a common, it's a common. 
It is. I mean, you both. So this is the, what's the, the the topic I want to get on because just like Adam Adam Caesar is it Caesar? Um, your books read like kind of eighties B level, you know, horror flicks, um, and that's what I love. And and that's so. Circle so back to what I was going to say about um, about Ocean Grave is I was surprised when I realized that it was more than just that because yeah. um, I thought it was just going to be you know some gore filled killer fish thing with like a ton of, you know, heavy body count. But this was more of like, you know, like, uh, Arthur Quarterman <laughs> or, uh, you know, uh, Indiana oh, you Jones, Alan Quarterman, Alan, Alan. <laughs> yeah. See, I mess, yep. I, I, I mess up names all the time. Yep. Alan Quarterman, uh, like, you know, that kind of thing on the water yep. with a giant fish. It's, it's, it's not even like, I don't know. Like there's just so much more to the book. And I think I, and I appreciated that. Um, some people are going to feel like they got gypped. I think, uh, they're thinking, you know, Oh, this isn't just some killer fish book. But, um, I think so so much more. And well, thank you for, for saying that. I, I think that people do feel that way. And, and (laughs) I, I mean, that's, that's partially my fault because (laughs) but it's, but it's, but it's also not because I think severed press, um, you know, Gary from Severed Press, uh, the the man, the gentleman who runs Severed Press, you know, had been after me to do another aquatic horror um, because my f- my first aquatic horror book was called Island Red, and um, which you can't get on audiobook. Now, I you know if you were paying attention earlier, I'll just leave <laughs> you to to put those those pieces together. Um, but um, but in Island Red was it was a kind of another mashup, it, but it was more genre centric it was kind of jaws meets night of the creeps um and it's basically about um an alien parasitic worm that basically gets inside of a of a frilled shark off the coast of florida and it keeps these people trapped um on this little island in florida as a hurricane is descending and as the as the parasite eats it it reproduces. And so you get these little tiny worm slugs that go on land and start getting into the villagers. And it's, it's, so it's like, it's the, creates this whole mess. Um, <laughs> but I didn't want to, obviously like I, I took the job cause you know, Gary was like, well, that did really well. We, you know, people would like to get another book from you. Um, but I can't repeat myself. Yeah. And I, so I was like, I can't do exactly what you described. I mean, there's a lot of books that Severed puts out that I, I, I enjoy reading, um, that, that do that kind of thing very well. High body count, you know, pretty, pretty short, um, very kind of contained, like just, you know, very sleazy, gory, all that stuff. And, and I think that that's a significant part of Severed's reader base. I think that's what they want. Um, and I kind of knew when I started to think about Ocean Grave, I was like, they're not necessarily going to like this, but <laughs> I don't care because yeah. this has to be something that I, I like first and foremost. Totally. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, my sort of my my thought was like, let's make this big rollicking, you know, adventure. Let's have a, a really interesting Hopefully she was interesting female character, be the kind of the our resident Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just put this, this really eclectic cast of characters around her. Um, and, and once I kind of, and I didn't know where I was going to set it. And then like you, I, I, I took this deep dive into Madagascar. I, I took a book out of the library. Uh, I watched like a bunch of documentaries on, on Madagascar. And I, I really, I really loved Madagascar. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I became really enamored with like the people, the culture, um, it's, it's, it seems like such a beautiful place. I regretfully haven't been there yet. Um, but, um, so that, so that just became like, okay, that's, that's where it's going to be. And, yeah. you know, from, from there, it just kind of, but it was fun. I mean, that, that's the thing. It was like, I was like, oh, this will be an easy narration. I'll get through it. And then I started prepping it and I was like, oh my <laughs> God, this is going to be okay. Here we go. Roll up my sleeves, you know, um, <clears throat> which I kind of do that to myself though. Like I, I have more fun, even though I drive myself crazy. I think I have more fun with challenging work. Um, yeah. once it's, cause once it's done, you're like, Oh, got through that. Um, and that's probably why I, I, you know, I, I could, there's easier voiceover stuff to do, but for some reason, you know, here I am doing audiobooks, which is probably, 
like the hardest voiceover type job to do. And I'm doing it like basically on the side for fun. <laughs> you know, like, I think that the, the, the tough thing for you too, I would imagine is that, you know, like you don't have a director. So like no. you're, 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 yeah, you're interpreting everything. Um, and you're very attentive. Like, you know, like you, like you were very, like you were very much like picky. You were right there in the text, like dialed yeah. in, which is, which is phenomenal. Cause I don't, you know, I, and I, again, I haven't had this experience, but I don't think everybody is in the business. Like I, no, I would, I, I, I mean, I might even go the extra mile, but, but see, this is, but if you, but if you're coached, like this is what the coaches tell you to do. So there's a lot of people who are looking at like voiceover and narration and all, and they're seeing, and they're seeing people who are putting out tutorials on YouTube and stuff who say they're coaches and stuff, giving you information, but not necessarily maybe the best, Mm. uh, or there's people, but there's people that think they, oh, this is just a job that I can just do to make some extra cash. Oh, it's COVID. Oh, I'm stuck home. I'm going to be a narrator, you know, and and people come to me and, and, and I'm like, I shouldn't, I thought I, and I was under the impression too, like, oh, I'll make some easy money. Uh, it's probably the hardest thing that I've ever had <laughs> to do. Cause I had to set up a booth. There's so much more that I didn't realize. It's not just sitting down reading a book, um, which, you know, what it's most, not. No. what a lot of people would think. And, and, and I don't blame them. I thought the same thing, but once you start doing it, it's like, oh my God, um, this is so much more. And so you can get people who just are just reading it and they're not acting. They're not trying to emote. And I'm already a very expressive person. So, um, I already, I guess naturally have, you know, have that going for me. So it was an easy transition. Once I kind of got it, I was like, Oh, okay. And then I I paid some money for coaches, um, had a few coaching sessions and kind of got dialed along the right, you know, put along, the but right it show it shows, you know what I mean? Like it, cause, cause not every character in, in, in that book, um, is, I think I wouldn't have known how to, how to play them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Kahin, the, the pirate I thought was a really freaking tough, like I, I was thinking about you going, I don't know, like that's, that's a tough, that's a tough guy to do because yeah. he's a, he's a villain, um, but I also really liked him because he also became, has like this backstory background with, he has a family that yeah. he has motivations, you know, that aren't necessarily, he's just, he's taking the motivations, uh, and going the wrong way with them to kind of, but in the back of his mind, he's like, well, I'm just trying to take care of, you know, my family <laughs> in the long his run. His family and he, and, and, and there's a sense of responsibility to the, to the island, to yeah. the, you know, to the people that are, that are, that are kind of like laid up, no economy to support yeah. them. And, um, and yeah, and I thought you really did a good job of capturing that, you know, in a way that made him empathetic and complex, you know, in a way that I, I, I don't know. I just think, you know, uh, I don't know. You don't, I wasn't expecting you to, 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 to go kind of, you know, into some of that as much as you did. So again, I was delighted because cool. I think it was like, Oh wow, that's really, that's, that's great. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, it's nice, nice to hear him realized, you know, um, in an audio book, you know, with yeah. a real, with a real performance behind it. That's awesome. And, and thank you, man. That means it really does mean a lot. Um, cause it's half the time I'm doing this going, I hope this, I hope, <laughs> I hope this works. Yeah. And you don't have it there. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's, that's the tough thing is like, you don't have that person looking over your shoulder. Go, oh yeah, no, this is, yeah. you know, this is right on. So, I mean, like that's gotta be, well, it's, 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 I think comparable to like when we send out our, our manuscript to like, you know, our editor or yeah. whatever. And you're like, I hope this isn't a total piece of shit. Cause I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. and I think that's how it goes. So, um, so how how many how long have you been writing? What's when did you start? When did you decide that like oh I'm gonna be an author? Because <laughs> because that because we're talking about audiobook production and stuff like that. I mean it's it's I couldn't imagine writing a novel. And I'm thinking about I have an idea that I want to do a novella next year, but I, it scares me to death. When did you decide like oh I'm you know ah uh, yeah I write I write for some movie sites I do some stuff I'm gonna do a novel I'm gonna tell a story in many chapters. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was early. I knew I always kind of wanted to do this. Yeah. Um, when I when I was when I was like a little kid, like I'm talking like 
fourth and fifth grade. And, you know, I went to a Catholic school um, till eighth grade. And this is, I think, a sign of how, 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 how much things have changed. <laughs> um, I, we used to do, we used to do creative writing. There was like a period where you would do creative writing. And so I was young, 10 and I would do Friday, the 13th stories, but they would be about our, my classmates. And so <laughs> in every single story, my classmates would be massacred by, by Jason. <laughs> and, you know, I would name them. I would write them by name and say like, you know, and then, and then Christina had a spear rammed through her, her heart. And like, <laughs> and I, I remember it got to the point where my teacher was, was very, very sweet. And she said like, I, I know that you're just, you know, you, you like kind of the dark stuff and you're, you're expressing, <laughs> you know, yourself. Um, let's not write about death and murder in the, in the next, in the next assignment. Okay. And, and it was like, it was very sweet. Um, because I, I, I can't imagine today not, you know, not being put on like some watch list and gone and thrown into counseling and, you know, all of that type of stuff, um, which maybe there was merit to, you know, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I should have been. I don't know. But um, but so the germ was there. Um, I think really I, I talk, I, you know, I talk a lot about this um, when when we have like our little author powwows, but I guess I've never really answered this in a, in an interview or anything. Um, I kind of had like two, two phases of influences, which is like when I was younger and I was pouring through paperbacks and I would read, um, you know, obviously I read all the Stephen King I could get my hands on. Um, cause, cause what's funny is kind of going back way back to the beginning of our conversation. Um, my mom was the harder of the two. Like my dad would rent me whatever the hell, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but my mom, my mom would go along with it until she saw what we were watching. <laughs> and, and like, you know, one day, one day, which wasn't even that bad comparatively, but we rented yeah. lethal weapon uh-huh. and, you know, it was like, well, I was watching it with my dad and I think my brother was still living at home at the time. And we were watching lethal weapon and, and like literally, you know, you remember the opening scene of lethal weapon is a, a nude woman jumps to her death <laughs> off of, yeah. off of, uh, off a balcony. And my mother comes in because, because they're playing Jingle Bell Rock, and she comes in and, and, and she's like, "I love that! What is it? Get that off the screen! Get out!" So she pulls me out of the room, and like I have to go sit in like the parlor, and like we're watching, like we're watching, I don't know, we're watching like Disney Channel or something. And I hear my brother and my dad cracking up the whole friggin' time they're watching Lethal Weapon, and I was just like so sour. Oh, but um, oh. but what was what was funny about my mom was she would buy me horror novels from yard sales and, and flea markets and stuff. And, and so she had no idea that, that she was like giving me the worst stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Like you can, she, you can say, yeah, <laughs> she, she brought me home it one day. And, you know, so I, I actually was reading it in fifth grade. I, you know, that, that, and, and you know, obviously, it, the well, it's well, it's well documented at this point. I don't have to, we don't have to get into it. But you know, <laughs> right. there's scenes in it um, <clears throat> that are absolutely a million times worse than what you can watch, what you can yeah. rent from the video store. And so it was funny because my mom, my mom was doing a great thing, I think, because she was, she was, through her ignorance, she was getting me the stuff that I really wanted to read. She knew I didn't want to read like the the stuff that kids were reading at the time, like she'd try and buy me like CS Lewis and and nothing against CS Lewis. I I love Prince Caspian. And and when I did finally read that stuff, loved it. But, (laughs) um, but at the time I was like very specific. I wanted horror. I wanted, so she would just load me up. She would bring me home stuff. So I, I was reading Stephen King and the other guy that I, I, I love just as much, if not more, um, is F Paul Wilson. Hmm. And whose whose novel The Keep is is probably my favorite my favorite horror novel. It's 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 just great. Um, and I I just got really hooked on on that kind of stuff. And through high school, um, American Psycho came out when I was in high school, and that was like that was a real dangerous book. And 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 um, just just having that kind of at the time when when it felt like just having it was dangerous, and people would be like, "Oh, you're reading that." Um, yeah. like if you're, I, I had a friend who was like reading fight club, he'd like go to the cafe and read fight club. You know? Yeah. 
in college and people would be like, oh, he's reading Fight Club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of that. It was kind of that. Um, but I loved those books and it, and it made me feel like, okay, like that's definitely – I like to write. I've always liked to write. So that that, that was kind of the, the kernel. And then I would say that the, really the second part and probably the more important part was when I was in college um, and I was I would go to like Borders or Barnes & Noble and buy stuff out of the horror section, the leisure books. And I would buy Brian Keene, um, J.F. Gonzalez, um you know, Jack Ketchum and just anything leisure published. Mm-hmm. And I would, I, I would devour Ed Lee. I devoured that stuff. Just could not get enough of it. And those guys were so fucking good. <laughs> and they were writing about, there seemed to be no limits. They were, they were writing all across the spectrum, um, just about everything, you know, any, any type of subject matter. And, and that's what made me go, I can do this and not in an arrogant way. Like I can do what these guys did. Not yeah. like that yeah. at all, but it made me go, these guys are writing awesome shit that I, I can't get enough of. Like I, I, yeah, I went through, I think the, almost the entire leisure catalog in, <laughs> in college. So that's really what made me go and sit down. And, and, and I think while I was still in college was when I started outlining um, feral in terms of like, that was always my first book. And I was, I was like, I'm going to write, I'm going to take a little bit of Ed Lee who writes really nasty, perverted, where, what is wrong with this guy kind of stuff. And I'm going to take a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and, and, you know, and it kind of just put it all into like my own sort of spirit and, and, um, you know, that, that became feral and, and feral was pretty slow to, to bake, but, but, you know, that was, you know, I remember kind of like before I graduated writing like character outlines and character histories and stuff. So it was all kind of there and directly from the leisure stuff that mm-hmm. sort of got me to sit down and do it. <clears throat> well, Farrell especially feels right out of, you know, right off my, my bookshelf full of the paperbacks, you know, the, the horror paperbacks. I mean, it feels a hundred percent, um, from that ilk and not like, and not even like, you know, you're trying to emulate it. It, it it feels like someone could find that in a stack of books in some, you know, shitty rundown bookstore, you know, and it would fit right in with those because it, it definitely, uh, it definitely uh, has that feeling for sure. Um, it does. I, I yeah. and I wrote it to be. I mean, at the time, I wanted it to be a leisure book. Like that was yeah, like yeah. that was yeah, the yeah, goal. Yeah. The goal was like this is. I want. You know, I wanted to see the little leisure spine on on <laughs> that Matt Serafini. Um, and you know, they by the time I finished, like they were like beginning to crumble yeah. and and go away. And I was like, no, this was this was no. my game plan. I don't have no. another plan. Um, Brian Smith was like the last. Uh, Brian like Smith was another one. Authors. Um, yeah, and Brian and I and I meant to include him in in all that. Brian Smith was a <laughs> tremendous uh, influence as well. Like yeah. just these guys, just rock stars in my mind. So good. Um, I, I need I need to. We're trying to work out an interview. I think he's he's been he has his dog's been sick and everything like everything like that. So, um, but uh, definitely I'll, I'll be talking to him soon. Um, I gotta oh, start wrapping awesome. up because I think I think dinner's ready. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I hear my wife calling for me. <clears throat> that dinner's ready, but um. But uh, yeah, we're 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 looking good on time. This is about how I like to, how I like I like to keep these. But you and I, like, we could probably talk for another hour or two if, if someone let us. But yeah, you know, if you ever if you're looking to to do it again, I'm, I'll come back. We'll talk about oh. vinegar syndrome. <laughs> you can do a whole show. Just oh on. man, so good, so good. <laughs> yeah. I wish I wish they would release uh, novelizations of uh, some of the movies. Can we announce anything right now or no? I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Just because I because I did. Just because it, it could be. It could be really, really early. I know. Okay, and okay. um and there's a lot of stuff like I want to talk about <laughs> with it too, but because it, it's 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 been fun. It's been it's been a it's it's led me down some interesting paths. But well, but there's uh, more. There'll be more to say later. When when you have some things to announce, I'll, I'll definitely we'll talk more because uh, okay. there's some things you have cooking that 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 I know about that everyone watching or listening should be very excited about. So Yeah, I think it'll be cool. I do. Yeah. Is there what what uh is there any projects that you have kind of uh 
you know, simmering that it will be announced or are going to be coming out soon. I'll, I'll leave. Well, and we'll end the show, I guess, with with plugs. <laughs> I, yeah, I hope so. I, you know, but the 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 awful thing is, I've got um, I've got a novel that I I I'm hoping will be announced at some point. <laughs> I I don't know. Like it's like it's completely out of my hands. It's like yeah, in yeah. that weird. <clears throat> it's in that weird arena. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've got some, maybe some movie scripts that, um, may, I may have some good news about very soon too, but they're also in that weird. So it's like, it's, it's really weird. Cause like what I would say to, because people will ask me all the time, like, Hey, you know, your last book rights of extinction was like two years ago now. Yeah. And I'm like, but it wasn't like, I'm right. I promise I'm writing yeah. a lot of stuff. Um, but I, it's just, it's kind of on that. Yeah. Yeah. It gets out of my control at, the, at this, but I haven't done, I, I haven't done a, a small press book, um, since, since then. And, you know, hopefully I'll get back to that yeah. too. But, um, yeah, it's really, it's a really weird, it's like, I want to <laughs> plug stuff, but I have nothing, I have nothing to plug, but I, I so I, I will say rights of extinction is, is technically my last novel. And there if you, you haven't read it, you should go read that. Who, who did the audiobook of rights for extinction? Uh, Rights of Extinction was Angel Clark. She, who's, she primarily does a lot of YA stuff, and I really liked her work. And I, I got really annoying with her um, in, a, in a very respectful, <laughs> in a very respectful way. But I got really like, look at this is basically a giallo novel. So here's some things you need to know. <laughs> she was she was like. The only reason I'm doing this is because I've mm. never done a horror no- horror novel before, um, and it's short. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't her purview. It wasn't her purview at all. Yeah, it's like a hundred something pages. I I saw that number, and I'm like I'm like on a hundred. I'm like on on behind blue eyes. I'm like, I'm on page 125 right now, and I'm and it's like a 500 page book. I'm like oh, yeah. and I'm looking. I was yeah. I just saw under the blade was like 120 something pages, and I was oh, like, right, right, been, I would have been. Yes, it's, it's a novella. Sorry, it's Rides of Extinction. Very, very, um, very I scro- need to scroll up. Um, no, Rides of Extinction is not the Giallo. That's uh, Under the Blade. I'm getting. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. See, I'm getting everything confused right. Yeah, now. yeah. Under the Blade is a is a um, is a slasher. It's kind of a. It's sort of like what what a Friday the Thirteenth story would be if you, if it was in a novel. To say that it has a larger story, that okay. it's not just you know, kids in the woods getting killed. It, it's sort right. of about the final girl who okay. killed, killed one of these murderers when she was a teenager. And then we, we pick up with her 25 years later. Got it. Uh, but, and and that, that's the story. Is, but right. Is there a giallo influence at rise of extinction or my, did I just pull out on my ass? No, right. Rights of extinction is, is a, a kind of a folk horror novel. It's, 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 it. uh, I'm just making stuff up. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's all, it's all good. If it gets people interested, it's all good. Yeah, if, if, it, if it's a giallo, if a giallo sounds good to you, it's yeah, a giallo. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know why I thought that. I, I think maybe because of the cover, the eyeball. The eyeball, yeah, blood. it definitely so has kind of eyeball like, on the cover. You know, yep. And then rights of extinction with a knife. I'm just like thinking giallo for some reason. No black gloves That's on any of these covers. No, no, um, no. Can you so believe it? So if you it? want I feel to write a giallo novel, just credit me and like the thank yous or something like that. I have a giallo novel <laughs> written, um, and awesome. it's a first. It's a first draft, and it's it's a modern, very 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 modern giallo, like modern people, very twenty 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 one yeah. people in a giallo. And um, I, I did a first draft of it a couple years ago, and I I realized like I wasn't quite equipped to do this yet because it's, it's a very, so I, I've trunked it and I'm, I'm, if, if I get time this year, like towards the end of the year, that's what I'd like to do is, is actually take that out and, um, and kind of go through that again and, and get yeah. that out. Cause I really liked it. And I think it's, nobody's doing that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a hard, horror novel, but it's also a really, it's a mystery, you know? And I think it's, I think it's very marketable. So yeah. I, I do need to get back to that, but yeah, I do have one. I have one in the trunk. Nice. It's my only trunk novel. <laughs> That's what I love about um, about writing, especially is you can kind of table something or trunk something yeah. and come back around to it. Um, and, and kind of dust it off and rework it. And that's, that's awesome. Uh, an awesome way of, uh, to use your creativity is to kind of put something away and come back to it. You can kind of, I guess, do that with art. Um, I tell my daughter, I'm like, if you are sick of a, of a painting you're doing or, or a drawing, I go, just 
put it away and then come back to it in like a month or so and then add detail or maybe your, your passion will come back to it. So I'm a, I think I'm that's a absolutely proponent true. of yeah. kind of letting things kind of simmer. <clears throat> per, yeah. Perspective is everything, you know, yeah. and, and, and experience, you know, can add to it. So yeah. I, I, I just, yeah, I mean, I remember I got to the end of it and I thought, it feels wrong. Like it, it feels like it, the, the, the bones are there. There's really a good structure, um, but it's not it. And I knew I just kind of, it just inherently felt like it needed mm-hmm. to go back in the, in the oven, so to speak. So <laughs> very nice. All right, Matt Serafini, thank you so much for thank talking you, man. to me today. I better get out there and eat, eat with the fam. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll, we're going to talk again. I, I, I know it. So I think so. Yeah. Give, <laughs> give my best to the fam and, uh, enjoy your dinner. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for uh, for listening or for watching, and uh, I'll talk to all of you next time. Take care.